all love to receive an encouraging note from a friend. And on one page of the New Testament, we find a very personal letter from Paul to Philemon. This brief note to a friend is full of doctrinal truth and practical help for us all. Open your Bible and your heart today as we come to the book of Philemon. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we study God's Word together. My favorite Bible story, I mean all-time favorite, is the story found in Luke chapter 15 of what is commonly referred to as the prodigal son. Uh, For years, I have just loved reading it, meditating on it, sharing it with other people. In fact, it is a story for me that when my heart gets cold and calloused, I like to go back and think on again. It just warms my heart. It brings me back to the love of God. It brings me back to who Christ is and why he came. The old Puritans said that the the story is really not the story of the prodigal son. It is the story of the wonderful father. I like that. Uh, Every one of these Bible stories should make us think not more of men, but more of God. It should take us all the way back upstream to the fountainhead, to the source of love and forgiveness and mercy. And one of the parallels, I mean the real-life parallels of that story of the prodigal son is the story we are now studying in the book of Philemon. It is the story of another runaway. His name was Onesimus. Uh, What was he running from? Somebody said, well, he was running from Philemon. He was running from his job. He was running from his obligations. I think all that's true. But I will tell you what he really was running from. He was running from himself. He was trying to find a way to start over, to have a new life, a new beginning. Uh, My experience has been that when people just try to change their surroundings, they're always disappointed because they take them with them. And the real problem is not what's around us, it is what is in us. And so here is Onesimus, who's on the run. He's a runaway slave, and yet he has a head-on encounter, not just with Paul, but with Jesus Christ. And dear friend, that changes everything. Remember, we we learned in verse 9 that all this grows out of love. Out of love, a slave becomes a son. That was verse 10. Out of love, an unprofitable man becomes a profitable man. That's verse 11. And now, beginning in verse 12, out of love, a runaway becomes a received one. Listen to verse 12, 13, and 14 today. Paul wrote, Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him. That is, mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. Here's what Paul's saying. Paul is saying, this this young man Onesimus has been saved now, Philemon. He's one of us now, Philemon. God's changed him now, Philemon. And in fact, he's been a great blessing to me. I would like to have kept him here. He's become my friend. He's, He's ministered to me. But I didn't want to do that without your permission. So I'm sending him back to you. Now think of this, a servant, a slave who's run away, going back willingly, willingly, uh, with Paul's letter in his hand, what we now call the book of Philemon, this note to a friend, uh, and with the expectation that Philemon is not going to punish him. He's going to, in the words of Scripture, receive him. In fact, would you mark those two words in Philemon verse 12? Receive him. 
You see, when you come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, when you come through the, the gate of grace, when you come through the means of his mercy, uh, when you come through his forgiveness, you're always received. Our Lord Jesus said, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. That means if you'll come to Jesus, he'll come to you. It means if you will look to the Lord, the Lord will rush to your side. And again, my mind goes back to that prodigal son. Can you see him on the way home over the hillside? And suddenly his father sees him and takes off running. Only time you ever see God pictured in a hurry in Scripture, he's rushing towards a sinner. He's throwing his arms around him. You see, in the culture of that day, if, if a servant like this ever ran away and shamed his master and did wrong, uh, he certainly could be punished, but most often, especially if they had evil employers, they could be put to death. I mean, this was punishable by death in their culture. And now, instead of death, it's life. And it's not just life, it's eternal life. It's abundant life. This is what forgiveness does. It's liberating. Oh, it's glorious, isn't it? You've been received. The Apostle Paul wrote in another place that we have been accepted in the beloved. Who's the beloved? That's Jesus. Remember the Father's testimony from heaven? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I must tell you, God's not always well pleased with me, but he's always well pleased with Jesus. And so how am I accepted? I'm accepted not through something I do. I'm accepted through what Christ has already done. I'm accepted in Jesus Christ. Uh, Sir, ma'am, young person, don't find your identity in what you can accomplish or what you failed to do. Don't find your identity in what someone else thinks about you or says about you. Find your identity in who Christ is and in what Christ has done in your life. Find your identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have nothing. We are nothing. Christ has everything. He is everything. Remember when David had terribly sinned. He had committed adultery. He had murdered. He had lied to cover it up. I mean, just sin after sin after sin. When he finally gets right with God and prays in Psalm 51, he uses this expression. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God. The word he uses for create is the same word that is used in Genesis for when God created the world out of nothing. David didn't come and say, Lord, you know I'm the sweet psalmist of Israel. Lord, I'm the king of Israel. Lord, I've served you all these years. He says none of that. He basically says to God, God, I got nothing. I've just got nothing. Nothing but a big mess to hand you. But Lord, if out of nothing you would create in me a clean heart, I'd be so very grateful. You see, that's what God does. God doesn't take your something that you have to give him. He takes your nothing. He takes you when you're at the end of yourself. He takes Onesimus when he is on the run, when he's broken, when he's spent, when he's in prison, when he's ashamed. He takes him at that low moment and then lifts him to the heights of the grace of God. And again, again, I go back to that picture Jesus gave of that prodigal. Did he stink? Were his clothes tattered and worn? Was he ashamed, head down? Yes, 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 and yes. But at the end of the story, he has the father's robe and ring and sandals on his feet. Uh, he's seated now at the father's table eating of the fatted calf. You want to talk about a transformation. What does that? Only the love of God. Only the love of the heavenly father. Somebody said, that's not natural. No, no, that's not natural. That's supernatural. Only God can do this. 
Only God can do this for you, and only God can do this through you in restoring someone else. And maybe right now you're dealing with an Onesimus, someone who did you wrong, someone who, who stole from you, someone who treated you in a way they should not have treated you. Could I say to you, treat them with the love of God. If they are repentant, if they are willing to be reconciled and restored, in the words of Scripture, receive him. Don't hold them at arm's length because, remember, God never did that to you. He didn't tell the prodigal to stay out on the porch. He let him come all the way into the house and put his feet up under the table. Uh, We'll come back to this passage again next time, but I hope you'll just meditate on this today because Onesimus is me and Onesimus is you. Because of the love of God, a slave has become a son, an unprofitable man has become profitable, and a runaway has become a received one. Thank God we are received for Christ's sake. Oh, hallelujah, for the love of our God. Thank you for listening. This inspired letter has so much truth for each of us. Ask the Lord to help you live the grace of God and share it with someone else today. Perhaps you could even write a note to a friend and encourage them to keep following Jesus. Visit enjoyingthejourney.org for many more resources and invite someone else to join you as we study together. Until next time, may God richly bless you.